Jason Lee Podcast. All right, welcome back for our new show. Listen, I lip. I can never get enough applause, you know? I couldn't even be a star like a Beyonce where, where you go out, thousands and thousands of people are chanting you because I don't have that type of narcissism in me yet, but I do believe I could find it. With that kind of applause, like 90,000 people mm -hmm. clapping all day long, like ready to do whatever you want. Anyway, listen, I'm back. We literally just flew in from Miami. I've been on vacation. I wanted to take some time for some R&R because I do believe we have to do work-life balance. Those of you out there listening and watching, I hope that you're doing um, your best to get some work-life balance. This does not apply to my employees. There is no work-life balance in Hollywood. I'm locked in the Jason Lee Show. Uh, the Jason Lee Show, I just want to talk about it really quick for those of you listening all across the Hollywood Unlocked Waves. We actually started a talk show that is a real good show. And I have to take my hat off to Johnny, who's over there. Johnny, can you hear me? The voice of God? Okay, and then um, that's how much money we got over here. We actually have the voice of God. Uh, not the literal God, but you know, the Johnny, the director God. And then Marina, our supervising producer, I give her a little applause too. Okay, not as much as Beyonce does. But no, I wanted to you know, give you your props because you know, we talked about create a talk show. We. You know, we're texting this and that. We actually have a legitimate show. Everywhere I'm going, people have seen the Suki, the Cardi, the Blue Face of Krishan, but people have watched all the interviews. And this week, Nick, Nick Cannon is out doing well. Um, and so I just want to say to you and to Johnny and to everybody and the people watching, we really appreciate it because dreams do come true. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think that in two episodes, we're going to have one full season. Already. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what I've told Revolt. Hello, Revolt. Hi. Um, a season for me is every week. I, I don't know nothing about no breaks. Everybody's like, don't you want to take a break? No. When I take, I just took a break. Mm -hmm. But but I took a break. And what I love about the show is it's only once a week as of now. This could be a daily show. Mm -hmm. We had daily guests. Mm -hmm. But I do realize in doing this show, I don't want a daily grind like that. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot. Your whole life is committed to sitting down and talking to people. There are days that I don't want to talk to people. Uh, I was uh, Rico smiling because when we just landed, I, I went live on my Snapchat, which I, I'm at Snapchat, but it's only to be a hoe. Uh, and I went on Snapchat and I was like basically saying like, I'm back, but don't fucking call me. Don't call me. Don't pull up. Don't bother me because I just want to protect my peace. But the show is so well doing so well. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all of our guests who've been coming on our show. Shout out to the team that manages the studio. The studio is fully developed and designed. Uh, shout out to Johnny and Rob who led that amazing work and our, our friends at 41 Sets mm -hmm. who's done a phenomenal job. When you come into this space, you feel like you're in a real show place. Mm -hmm. It's a legit show. Now, yeah. for those that don't understand, those of you that may be content creators out there thinking of starting your own show, podcast, or whatever, you can go over to MediaMillionaires.com and you can learn for $47, apparently, on how to get your own brand going. <laughs> Severely discounted. It's like when you go to Walmart after Christmas and all the toys are like 95% off. Yeah. I mean, for some people, that's the best time. You say 47, I might subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you went viral this weekend with going to my barber. He he uses my resources to go viral and then tells me about it on the side. So yeah, tell yeah, people Rico. how you went viral this weekend. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> I've been praying for this moment now, but... um. <laughs> I went viral for my haircut content. Like, I appreciate y'all. You went viral because they stuck some up your nose and pulled the hair out and you cried. And I didn't even know that people is against you taking your hair out of your nose. Yeah, people are upset because they say that's the thing that protects you from all the dust. Okay. First of all, half of you upset put cocaine up it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, 
And shout out to everybody in Miami trying to get me to do cocaine. I don't do cocaine. <laughs> um, everybody was trying to get me to do it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, just not my thing. I'm a drinker. Uh, but yeah, I saw Diddy this weekend and Carisha, shout out to them. Fab, uh, we're out at Live uh, this weekend and Diddy loves the show. And I just, I said to him, man, you know, they were playing all of the Mary J, Biggie. Like he has so many hits. I don't think people give Diddy enough flowers in terms of how iconic he really is. Diddy owned the 90s. He owned the 2000s. He has a new album coming out that he keeps telling me he wants me to come over here, but ain't made no damn plans for me to hear it. But the fact that he's a marketing genius. I mean, you can feel whatever you feel about Diddy, Puffy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, whatever, but he's a genius. But sitting up on that stage, rapping to all that music that I grew up to, Biggie's One More Chance and all that in the club with Diddy was uh, was memorable. But shout out to him, to Tavio and the whole Revolt team for the Jason Lee Show. Look, hopefully we, we continue to keep going with Revolt. Uh, we're committed to continue to do the show because we paid a lot of goddamn money for the set, so we have to do it. And shout out to all of you who trickle over from the show to the podcast. It's the Jason Lee experience that's forming, and I have a new deal coming up very soon where I'm going to be in your... I was, I was going to say in your guts, but this is the wrong show. I'm going to be in your... It's going to be something you can stomach every day, basically. Pause. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that was it. I've been off uh, doing that. Um, and then we went back home. For those of you that are tuning into my social media, go to the Jason Lee, uh, the only Jason Lee and take a look at it or head over to my Facebook because I'm trying to transform my hometown of Stockton, California, working directly with the mayor and a lot of the city uh, community groups who've come out in sh- support of the I Am Ready initiative. I'll be launching my foundation, the Hollywood Cares Foundation, <laughs> formerly at my award show, the Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards on June 27th. And I am Happy to say, Tiffany Haddish is hosting again this year. So I'm excited. Thank you to Tiffany. Uh, Got to have a friend like Tiff who just wants to sh- have your back and support you because she believes in you. Um, I didn't want to ask her to host. She offered to host. And of course, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So you guys ready to get into this? Yes. Do it. Do it. All right. Me and the bullpen are ready. It's time for uh, a tea with Jason Lee. Last week, I had the internet ablaze as I broke a story about what's going down in Vegas, and it wasn't the something in the water fest, because that's over with Pharrell in the DMV, but something must have been in the water with Chris Brown at his birthday party, because Chris Brown fought Usher. Now, I have to say, this is the craziest headline, and I know y'all be trying to read me for filter. Oh, you also said the queen was dead. Oh, you all, yes, I said the queen was dead. And y'all didn't see her until them people said she was dead. But we know black people and we know white supremacy. You only believe stuff when white people tell you. Because that's what black people have done. I cannot wait until the day that you blacks reconcile all the pain from your past. All the times you and your families were whipped. All the times they put you on a boat and told you you were going on a cruise, yet there was no salmon. You was on your way to go work for free. All the times they told you to stay a Democrat because that's the only way that your oath of poverty is going to take you out of being a nigga. No, I'm telling y'all right now, you only listen to when white people tell you because that's what master told your, your mammy and your daddy. But I'm here to tell you that when Jason Lee speaks, bitch, he speaks from a place of uh, perseverance, determination, and facts. The fact is, Chris Brown, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Chris Brown jumped Usher. <laughs> like, what? You got it, you got it bad. He, Usher got it bad. Now, 
I told you last weekend on Hollywood Unlocked that Chris Brown and his crew allegedly jumped Usher during Chris's elaborate birthday party in Las Vegas. Now, let me tell you, uh, I'll be damned if I throw you a birthday party and you beat my ass. Like that, let's just start with that. I throw and host you a birthday party. By the way, it looked really nice. I wasn't invited and it's cool. I didn't need to go. But, um, you know, it was stars. There was lots of stars there. There were stars from the past who we don't talk about anymore. And there were stars from the future. And there's stars clearly uh, ushering their way through. Well, apparently 34-year-old Chris Brown, who had his birthday party at a skating rink uh, and everybody coming out to show him, uh, had a moment where things went left. Now, apparently Chris was having a conversation with Tiana Taylor. Now, Tiana Taylor and Chris Brown are like brother and sister, for those of you that don't know. Literally close. Tiana Taylor, if you recall, fell out with Rihanna over standing with Chris when Chris and Rihanna had their moment. Tiana and Rihanna were close as well. Now Tiana's on the other side uh, trying to lift it up with Rihanna, but Rihanna's she's doing her own thing. And Tiana, who's been doing her own thing, somehow is now caught in the crosshair with Chris Brown. Now I'm going to tell you what happened. Tiana and Chris are like this. The last time I saw Tiana and Chris in the same place, they were loving all on each other at Diddy's house. This was right uh, for Diddy's birthday party. Uh, well, apparently, Tiana was at the party. Now, this is what the streets have said because I've called everybody, including people that were sitting right next to Tiana. Now, what I heard happen was Chris Brown was upset with Tiana, as reports have also said this, so this is not new tea. Chris Brown was upset with Tiana because he had asked her to perform at the AMAs when he was scheduled to perform at the AMAs with um, Sierra and other people. Remember, he was going to do the whole tribute to Chris Brown. Well, apparently, she had confirmed to do it. She would prepared to do it, but she hadn't engaged in rehearsals or anything like that. While she was planning that to show up and support her brother, who she always has shown support for, she got booked for a movie. Everybody knows Tiana has been waiting for her big break. She waited for uh, Pharrell. It didn't happen. She waited for Kanye. It didn't happen. Not because she didn't have the talent, but because niggas like to sign people who are hot and then park them and sit on them and wait until the world shows up. Then the world saw her when she did the whole fade video and we we loved her body and her performance, but it wasn't her vocals that were getting the credit. But we know Tiana dropped her last album, which was phenomenal, and y'all niggas didn't all show up to support it. Her label tried to keep her hostage. She did the whole I'm retiring thing, but we know she got a fire single coming out with Puff because that's what the words are saying. That is actually the best song on the album. Uh, and when Brother Love releases it, we'll all be able to love on her. Well, let me tell you what's not loving her, and that's Chris. Apparently, he was upset. Uh, reportedly, from people inside Tiana's camps, Chris has blocked her on social media. <laughs> and when she ran into him at the birthday party, she tried to show him love, and he tried to kick her out, then allegedly start calling her, all, I'm going to put allegedly. Allegedly. Start calling her all types of bitches, this and that. She put her head down as he was doing his thing, aggressively. Usher, there's a video that TMZ uh, released where Usher went up to Chris, was trying to talk to him. Shout out to T uh, TMZ for giving us proper credit for breaking the story. And Usher tried to follow Chris off, and Chris was calling him a coward. Now, what happened next is what y'all have not seen, and I am working hard to get some videos because those of you who didn't see the queen still says she was alive sitting up drinking her tea and crumpets when I think she was somewhere cold as ice in a box with them blood diamonds. Y'all niggas let her get away with stealing from your people. But anyway, again, y'all don't care because, you know, y'all slave mentality ass niggas anyway. All right. Well, what happened was they said Chris was drunk. Star Connor, all types of names. And when people try to break it up, when Usher tried to intervene, he called him a coward. Then that's when Usher followed Chris off to his bus. They got on the bus. The next thing people there saw is Usher come out with his face bloody. Now, his mouth bloody. Apparently, from what they say, and I will say allegedly. Allegedly. Chris and his friends jumped Usher. Craziness. 
So um, there's a video that surfaced that TMZ did put out. I'm going to show you the video. It goes fairly fast. So you have to look at it. And all of you will still say, you'll look at this video and say that it's Rob Kardashian and Tupac because you don't care about facts. You just want to curate your own narratives. And I understand that the Breezy Gang feels some type of way. I am a Chris Brown fan. I'm getting ready to tell you how I just tried to put Chris in a situation where we could honor him. But unfortunately, we have to rescind that based on this. Take a look. There goes Usher. There goes my bet. There goes Tiana. Heads down. Usher's trying to talk to Chris. You're coward. Okay. Uh, that's on set. Whatever the gang is. Okay. Well, <laughs> was better than Offset, who hasn't come to the show yet. Those of you that keep asking where the Offset interview is, I don't know. Ask Cardi. It ain't over here because he's not in here. But either way, we are. And so things spilled over outside. A fight ensued. And then the whole internet went crazy. Now, some of you are saying, you know, Chris Brown this, Chris Brown that. Some of you say he needs to be in jail. Somebody says put him in a cage. I've seen some. That's what they say. I, I'm not saying it. But some are also saying what I'm going to say. And that's Chris needs help. I really feel like Chris needs help because it wasn't just this that happened. There was also another altercation that happened at the festival that hopefully, do we have a video on? Play the video if we do. Well, they're saying that he's saying that uh, he well, he took the Instagram and said this. Basically, I was trying to protect my daughter who was in the middle of stuff or whatever. I don't know that to be true. What I do know is that those of you that continue to doubt me, Wack 100, who is the straight gangster side of Jason Lee, apparently, because he's reporting all things pop culture. He went to Clubhouse and he actually spoke on what happened. Take a listen. Hey, man, we trying to figure out what's really going on. Man, here, Wack 100, tell y'all what's going on. That yeah, nigga Chris yeah. Brown out of control, bro. That nigga gonna run into the... Remember I told y'all this? He gonna run into the wrong squad. It's gonna be about 10 niggas dead on the spot. Damn, Chris Brown. That nigga then he took off on my boy in London, drunk and high. Now he took off on Usher, and Usher was hosting his birthday party. Because he went off on Tiana Taylor and called, called her a bunch of butch bitches. Usher tried to talk to her, and they took off on him. You don't remember? There you have it, man. You heard the OG Wack telling everybody what really happened in Vegas, man. It's crazy, man. You know, just like he said, man, Chris Brown been off the chain lately, you know, sniffing, you know what I'm saying? And it's just hard to see what's really going on. So y'all just stay prepared. More going to come out, and I guarantee I'm going to give it to you. Who's whispering? Who who was that doing the report? The whispering for me was just too much. Well, both of them still went the following day and performed um, at this festival, Lovers and Friends. I don't know if they was friendly, but here's a, here's some clips or some posts people were putting up. Now, this is them clearly uh, performing, and they were shady and said Chris Brown's performing at Usher's festival. I, I don't know. Um, they, people are saying that Usher's one of the owners of it, and Usher wanted to let you know that he didn't get beat up, and he did the same type of video T.I. did after Floyd and then beat him up in Vegas. Take a look. Hey, yo. We're here having a great time. See y'all soon. Keep
What do you guys think? Well, if he had broken ribs and all this stuff, it would be kind of impossible to perform on stage. So I'm on the fence. I just was minding my own business when I was on, on the fence about what? If it happened or not, because I want to know. We're not, like, we're not. We're not even entertaining that. It happened. It happened. It's, we're, we're not going to entertain that it didn't happen. If we want to entertain that he don't have no broken ribs, clearly he still was moving around, gyrating, and doing R&B star set. And clearly his <laughs> face looks good. But I've seen lots of boxers get beat up in a fight, and the next day they look great at the press conference. Nah, but their faces still be like pretty yeah, messed up. Yeah, and the lippy. But at the end of the day, you know, we who knows? He could have a good makeup artist. I doubt it. But at the end of the day, I just want to like I'm just so confused because I just don't know. Because like I understand that science of why they would say I didn't get beat up. Usher would definitely say that. Chris Brown would definitely say that because he's already in the press. People already look at him negatively. So he doesn't need any more. So they're like, okay, let's squash this. Da, da, da. But I just want to see like, I want to see a black guy. I want to see a fat lip or something, you know, but I don't doubt it. Cause like, you know, I've been out and I've seen people do things and getting fights and you know, the story gets told one way online and I know what happened cause I was there. So I thought it was for promotion. But you say that they don't need that? How does Usher need promotion? Like, Usher is Usher. I know. I don't know if you're familiar with how big Usher yes, is. Yes, I know how big he Usher is. Usher does not need to do a Zeus Network-style <laughs> bad boys club uh, stunt to get people to talk about him. He's Usher. He's one of the headliners, along with Mariah Carey and Missy Elliott, of a festival that has a built-in following. I think what's happening is, and this is the thing, what's happening right now is exactly why Chris Brown is on his way to getting killed, going to jail, or fucking hurting somebody. Because people make too many excuses for him. This is not a joke. You jumped Usher. Like, regardless if we say allegedly for legal purposes, we know what happened because I know people that were there. I've talked to lots of people, and I've seen all the chatter online. You jumped Usher. The other thing we know about Chris is that if Ch if Chris did not fight Usher, he would have already put out a statement about it. He would have said his cap, he would have said his lies. Because the one thing you have to respect Chris Brown about is he will stand on what he does when he does it. Now, the other thing about the commotion with his daughter and all that, that probably is real if he was out there and people were around because he does love his children. I'll give him that. But I'm not going to make excuses for you, Chris. You need to get help. I don't know if it's drugs. I don't know if it's mental health. I don't know if it's your quest to be like the, the leader of a blood gang. I don't know what it is. But you jumping Usher, you disrespecting the venue that you did this party at, you continually harming and hurting people, you need to be held accountable. I don't know why you guys keep making excuses for him. If I was one of you and I love Chris dearly and you, he's gonna watch this video and feel some type of way people around him will gaslight him into believing it's one thing or another. If this happened to me, I would be yelling every day on social media for him to be in prison. I would do whatever I have to do for him to be in prison or to be held accountable. Because unlike what Wax said, which is also a true statement, you're gonna run up on the wrong person and they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you because everybody can't can't deal with getting beat up or jumped. If somebody beat me up in public and I've been jumped in public, I woke up the next day wanting them to die because of where I come from. That's just where I come from. No matter how much money or success or traveling or whatever around the world I do. And Chris is from the hood, too. When somebody beats you up and violates you that way, you want to violate them back. You want to violate their family. You want to violate their brother and sister. You want to violate everybody. All of us still have that in us. And I just feel like at this point, you guys are making excuses for Chris, and you're part of the reason why he's going to fall really hard. He's already fallen from grace after beating Rihanna. Then he guilted us into believing he should get a second chance because people make mistakes, and he was a young boy, which is true. And Rihanna's already forgave him, and they did a song, Ain't Nobody's Business, so it shouldn't be nobody's business. But the reality is, is when you can make millions of dollars from consumers like us who are buying into you because we believe in your product, 
we just can't separate the person. And at some point, whether you're beating a female or you're jumping an icon or you're doing drugs or whatever, like at some point you have to say you're a bad role model for kids. You're a bad role model. You shouldn't be rewarded. And at this point, I feel like Chris needs help. And nobody's going to help him. You know why? Because everybody around him is making money. And the industry's making money. And and guess what? If he was my friend, which at one point he was, and maybe now he's not, whatever, because I got to be honest with you. That's what your friend should do. At one point, at what point are people going to start taking responsibility? Yes, you all get to travel around the world and have a good time, but there's people around him that I think need to love on him a little more. This year, we were going to honor him at the Hollywood Lock Impact Awards. We were going to give him an honor, and we started reaching out to his team because I felt like how the AMAs played him and this and that was wrong, and we wanted to honor him for his talents. But then when you see shit like this, it reminds you of the brands you're trying to align with don't have those kind of values, and the people that you're trying to prop up should be people worthy of being praised. And right now, this behavior does not deserve that. Agreed. I agree. It's sad. He's going down because Chris Brown is so talented. I want to love Chris Brown so bad. I mean, he should be right now on the Beyonce level as far as mm -hmm. performance. But it's Because like, in terms of talent, he's there. Beyond. Yeah, or, he dances, or he's same. there or just... It, see, he's creative. But the thing about it is, like, a lot of these talented people, like, you know, I heard a saying that um, insanity and genius are, like, a thin line between insanity and genius. So I think a lot of these creative people are a little off, and that's what makes them so great. But because of the pressure of being online and stuff like that, you can't be acting up. And like you said, it's brands, it's kids, it's family members watching. Well, why I'm, do you think Usher hasn't? Because Usher, Michael Jackson would never come out and say Lionel Richie punched him. Or Prince. I mean, I mean, no, because Prince is, in my opinion, equivalent to Michael in terms of talent and superstardom, right? Yes, Michael, they 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 made Michael the Beyonce of that era, but but Prince, if you put a, you couldn't put a guitar, a piano in Michael's hands and see him do what Prince did, just like you couldn't see Prince dance the way Michael did. But either way, both were extreme superstars. That's the Rihanna, Beyonce of our generation. But but if Michael was punched by John Bon Jovi. <laughs> He wouldn't go live and talk about right. it for what? Because he's a fucking icon. The difference between Usher and Chris, unfortunately, is that Usher has class. Usher has class, and he's giving him grace. Now, I will say it, it, it would frustrate me to see Usher make it permissible to continue to behave this way by coming out and piecing it up for the people. No, the people are on Usher's side at this point. Now, to one point of what you said, yes, it is easy to throw shit on Chris's name now because Chris has done a lot for people to shit on him. You've done a lot. And... I just don't understand why people continue to make excuses. I love Chris enough. If I was his friend, I would love him enough to try to help him. We don't have that relationship anymore. And it's sad that the first thing I thought when this came out was, well, can't honor him now. You know, can't honor him. And so we've, we, we're just not even pursuing that anymore. I hope that Chris gets the help uh, that he needs. Now, there was another video that surfaced that I want to play. And this was um, of Tayana. And she was she was singing or dancing along to Usher set, which was playing a Chris song. Take a look at this while I talk about it. So this is Chris, this is Usher performing. That's a Chris song that's playing. We can't play it, but Tayana's dancing along to it. Now I could tell you, Tayana is in serious conversations about her acting right now. She has new music coming out. She's she's finally getting the flowers that she deserves. Her her uh, film, uh, one of her films, just debuted at one of the film festivals and Sundance. Uh, Sundance mm -hmm. and. A lot of people are saying, you know, it's critically acclaimed. So she doesn't want to be in this mess right now because now this is talking about things that are unrelated to her talent. But Chris, you put her there. And I think her dancing along to it is her way to just say, I just don't want to be in no shit. You know, Tiana is a loyal friend. She's been a ride or die for a lot of people. 
Um, but unfortunately, again, I think, um, you know, people need to be held accountable. And I feel mm -hmm. like she should be a part of holding him accountable also. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Or maybe it's just like, I like the song. I don't got to like you, but I like the song. So if you just call me all types of bitches, I wouldn't give a fuck what it is. I'm sorry. You, but because he was under the influence. He could. That does that means so when a man is drunk and beats his wife, that's okay? Oh, no. Okay, so we have to stop politicking and making excuses for abuse. That stops today. It doesn't happen on my show. Love my bullpen. They can think what they want. I want them to be passionate about it. But, the, but violence and aggression and abuse are no excuse. I'll give an example. When I get drunk and slap Rico's weed out his hand, that's <laughs> violence. Yes, I chose it then, but I also choose it when I'm sober, so at least I'm consistent. You know what I mean? <laughs> not okay. <laughs> it's not. And so I'm. Not, I, it's not okay when I do it, and it's not okay when Chris does it. Hmm. True. But maybe that's the brother and sister dynamic where a big brother screwed up, so I forgive him. You know, sometimes that's what you're I'm saying. When, I'm, when I bosh for him for being under the influence, I'm not trying to give him like the rights of, right. you know, no, no, no. Brothers just, and sisters do fight. Yeah, that's what I'm know? saying. That at the, end of the day, sometimes the little sisters, I, no. I have a great little sister, but she always ends up in like, she tries to help everybody. But sometimes in the, that's Pisces, try to help every, the world, but always makes a mess because they care too much. Sorry, little brother got to go to jail. Little <laughs> oh, brother no, got to, because little yeah. brother got to get big consequences. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. At some point, there's no more excuses. I'm not making no more excuses. So all the Chris Brown fans, when you come on our page or on Hollywood Unlocked Facebook or YouTube or whatever, and you say, oh, show love to Chris. Stop picking on Chris. Fuck all that. I'm sorry. You got to call a spade a spade. Um, but like Wax said, he's going to do it to the wrong person, and there's going to be extreme consequences. You saw 6ix9ine was out there running his mouth, gummo this, gummo mm. that, and he got them gums beat up in a Planet uh, Fitness bathroom. Mm. Because people are fed up. The world is angry. We just came out of COVID. People are dying. People are upset. People don't got no time for that shit at your birthday party where you should be skating. You just skated by and just skated by the fact you called me all types of bitches and then punched <laughs> me in my mouth. I would ask for a refund. I would have filed a complaint. Usher should have put him in jail. So Usher, you you also I love you and you know that just hugged you last week, but I gotta hug you right now and tell you you part of the problem too if you don't hold them accountable. But then again, niggas ain't snitches because snitches get stitches. Well, you almost got a stitch too for just skating on at a party. Now speaking of people making excuses, there was another thing that happened over on cocktails with the queens, and that was when Claudia Jordan, Lisa Ray, uh, Selena Johnson, and my girl Vivica Fox all get together. They, every week the show is amazing. You should go check it out on Fox. So, but they weighed in on what happened and Lisa Ray. You wear all white, but girl, this ain't pure. Look at what she said. Look. He gotta chill. Why he gotta chill? What if he felt just like what he said? Ever? What if he, he felt like to, that? And he, he don't need to say that to, to his friend. What I, okay. what I don't like about it is that every time we bring up his name, not us, but every time his name is brought up, that he always get automatically blamed because they because he is that way. We know him to be that. So it gotta be him. That's what I, I that's what I don't like when people have that kind of uh stigma because I, I got that. It's it's quick for you to think that, oh, well, Lisa Ray would have did that or Lisa Ray said that. And and I don't like that because that very next time it could have been very different. But you blame me because of my past. But if you have two incidents in one weekend, like again, we're play like like come on. If I have two incidents in one weekend, I go, come on, y'all judge me for something I did eight years ago, but I did two of those things this weekend that were both caught on audio. What two things? What was the one the one there thing? There was another there was there was two arguments that that were caught on video where he was like out of pocket. I'm just saying, you're right. There could be more to it, and there usually is, right? 
But when mm-hmm. you, and also when you know, like, because you know that someone says that stuff about you or someone says stuff about me, oh, there we go, Selena. We have to be extra careful to not give anyone anything. Like, because they'd be like, uh-huh, look, there she is. You may be in the total right about something, but you're going to get blamed because of your past. And that's just the way life is. We can't change that. You know what I mean? Like, it's unfortunate that he's going to be we're always looking through that lens. I, I understand what you're saying, Lisa Ray, what you were trying to say. I understand, you know, people hold me accountable for things I did eight years ago, too. So I understand it. Y'all still bring up the throwing of the drink thing that happened eight years ago. Me and Hazel pieced it up. We've gotten past it. I'm hugely successful beyond where I was then. But y'all still bring it up. So I understand because sometimes we just look at things from a very focused lens and it is what it is. So I get that part. But however, this is like, I don't think you've seen me throw a drink twice. I don't think you've seen me do the things that I regretted that I've done publicly twice. I haven't done it privately. I haven't done it publicly. I have done things that are crazy. I'm still wild. And hopefully when I get a reality show, I invite you all to watch it. But in terms of the violence against a person that I shouldn't have had been violent against or whatever, or you know, those things I decided to take responsibility for and mm-hmm. I made those changes. I think if he made those changes, people would feel differently. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he always talks about on Instagram, like, why are you guys holding it against me? What I did to Rihanna a long time ago. But it's like, now nah, you're just picking different victims. And I don't know if he's picking on Tiana because she's very tomboy-esque. So maybe, you know, he thought he could, like, call her out her name or whatever. But this is just mm. all a mess. And did you guys see what Janae Aiko, you know, her little daughter? She's, like, I think, like, 12 or 13. She's a little girl. But somebody asked, like, what do you think about the Chris Brown thing? And she's like, he's a weirdo. He needs to go to get his mental health checked up. He's a weirdo. She heard her mama say that. Okay. I'm or, sorry. Or her daddy. Or her daddy. Shout out to Big Sean. But you know what? Also, um, Usher's son took to Twitter, uh, to Instagram, and posted a video, an anime, which I thought was brilliant for a kid. Mm-hmm. It was an anime of all these people showing up to jump one person. And when you break it down, <laughs> yeah. it was showed up to jump the guy because the guy disrespected their son or their father. So mm-hmm. it was like, it, it was really telling. He also said, don't bring that shit over here. Don't ask me no questions. You know, again, uh, people cl- hurt people. Okay. Sometimes pain is proximity. People hurt the people closest next to them. I do it all the time. It's just a human nature. It's human. It's a human nature. Not that it's okay or whatever, but I've chosen to get there. Why y'all look at Rico? <laughs> well, Rico gets the most of it because Rico's around me the most, but you know what? He knows what he signed up for and he's doing a phenomenal job. You're doing great. Uh, but no, I, I, it doesn't make it permissible, but that's why I'm in therapy. That's why I'm actively trying to change some of my ways. And I've made some inroads in some areas and some I haven't. I, one thing I also say to Lisa Ray, um, that's not true when it comes to Chris, because when the AMAs didn't let him perform, we all were fighting for Chris. We all stood for mm-hmm. Chris. Kelly Rowland spoke out in support of Chris several times. Sierra spoke out. Like, we all were there. We're there when it makes sense. This makes no sense. I didn't see one person in the industry say, oh, my God, please stop talking about Chris Brown, Jabba Usher. Why? Because they all know that he did it. And it's just so funny how the Nick Cannon interview for the Jason Lee show just aired this week. And you asked about Chris Brown, but it was filmed before the event incident happened. And Nick was defending Chris. Well, like, well how are you gonna keep just because we love receipts for those of you that didn't see that, take a look. Talked about cancellation earlier. One of your friends who um, I used to have a really close friendship with, not as close anymore as Chris Brown. Right. He, he's been canceled. But now I feel like he's come back. He's done the work. He's done the work on himself. He's talented yeah, as fuck. They too hard. The AMA's Chris. played in his face. which same, was, Yeah, same thing. Like, that's somebody I've, I've been speaking up for my little brother. But I want to say it's not only supporting yeah. him publicly, but you put him in a film. You've been his friend. You've been and available to him. I will continue to, man. But why do they keep playing in his face and not allow him redemption and an opportunity to move forward? Optics. Mm-hmm. It's all optics. I mean, first of all, that man was a teenager, but... He had to he had to live through a horrendous mistake 
in front of the world. And we all saw that. As a kid. Horrible picture of Rihanna on TV. Uh, I blame, you know, again, the media from like, cause I was mad when I saw that photo. And you know, knowing both of them, but, but again, that was, how, it was like you Years said, man ago. is in his thirties. Yeah. Uh, and that's the horrible thing about how this generation has to grow up because you have to relive your mistakes every single day. All right, well, that's enough with that. Bye. All right, well, listen, um, speaking of girl, bye. Uh, Trump. <laughs> Trump is Trump is a reality TV star president. I don't care what nobody says, but I also am going to say something that's probably going to shock a lot of you. What's that? Well, first, let me say what Donald Trump has done. Donald Trump has been officially found guilty of sexual <laughs> abuse. I never thought I would say that a president, a former president, has been found guilty of sexual abuse. This is a man that was also found. What, did he, what else did he just get found guilty for? Um, no. No. Oh, he was, he's indicted, no? Yeah, he got indicted. Other than him saying he didn't know her? No. Oh. No. What he said about this woman that I'm about to tell you about, her name is Jean Carroll. She's a writer. He uh, was found liable for sexually abusing her years ago in a Manhattan department store. This was in the oh. 1990s. Now, let me tell you, Jean Carroll, this is a picture of her right here. Jean Carroll. She could have been a snack back in the hold day. Hold on, hold on. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. Um, because you have to be very careful. Now, after being accused, now this is what um, Carol is saying happened. Carol is saying that he grabbed her by the pussy. Not funny. I'm not laughing at that. No. Um, I even know and even though she was grabbed by the pussy, she's grabbing him by the wallet. Now, let me tell you, uh, Trump became president after saying you can grab people by the pussy. We all heard the audio. He actually spoke out about that, which we're going to show you in a second. Um, Trump became a president in the United States following Barack Obama, um, which is just insane. And I will tell you my breakdown as to why. And you're going to be surprised. That's a surprise. But Trump, um, this woman, um, he was now found liable. She won a $5 million lawsuit. against. They, they've awarded her $5 million in damages and find him liable. Now, Trump has come out and said she's not even attractive enough. <laughs> that is so driveway. But you know what's crazy? Hold on. I'm not done with my thought. Um, people, Trump has come out and said that she's not attractive enough to be sexually harassed. Um, and that's why I think I was saying earlier that we have to be very careful because we respond to people's looks as if it could never happen when you just never know. You never know. We don't know what she looked like in the 90s. But even then, when you're raping people or attacking people sexually, it's not because of how they look. It's because you have a sickness or an illness or it's a fetish of yours to do it. And so um, she tr she sued him to clear her name and get her life back. And Trump is not happy. So after the decision, he denied that he did anything wrong. Okay, and he said that he's innocent. He's maintained that he's innocent. Now, this is what he said in response to the verdict. What else can you expect from a Trump-hating, Clinton-appointed judge who went out of his way to make sure that the result of this trial was as negative as it could possibly be, speaking to and in control of a jury from an anti-Trump area, which is probably the worst place in the United States for me to get a fair trial. We'll be appealing this decision. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from. This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. 
And somehow we're going to have to fight this stuff. We cannot let our country go into this abyss. This is disgraceful. You have somebody running for office. You have a woman that's financed and lied about it. She totally lied about it by Democrat operatives, like just about the biggest one there is. And she said that wasn't true. They found that she lied about it. And the judge wasn't even, I guess, letting it be put in as evidence. The whole thing is a scam. And it's a shame. And it's a disgrace to our country. Trump, welcome to the world of being black. This is what black people have said for years. This is what the Central Park Five said when you said they should be given the death penalty, whatever you said, because you said they raped that girl that we all know now years later that they haven't. Mm. This is the same country that allowed a woman to cause Emmett Till to be killed and to be uh, dismembered in front of his family and for his world to be seen by the photo. This is the same country that hangs black people because they think they look at a white girl. So I don't feel sorry for you. You get no black sympathy over here. Matter of fact, my white side don't even feel uh, sympathy for you because what you're saying is what black people say every day in the judicial system, slavery, Jim Crow, prison and law. Like that's why they want to defund the police. There's a whole conversation that happened under your presidency that you didn't see because you were too busy training the MAGA ha haters to become uh, Marvel comics by climbing up the fucking Capitol, kill the vice president and the house speaker. So yes, this is called accountability. You're being held accountable. Now, do you maybe not know her? Uh, maybe is this a, a Democratic jury or is this uh, unfair? We don't care. We all just want to see what happens. I think seeing your orange hair in an orange jumpsuit would be iconic. Um, at least you'd be fashion forward and matching. Um, I don't necessarily know where the sympathy is going to go. Now, I do feel to a certain degree there could be politics at play because you all know that if he ran for president today against Sleepy Joe Biden, and I ain't trying to be disrespectful, Mr. President, you know I met you and I like you, he would probably win. Yep. That's sad. That's the sad part. Because as I talk to young black people, the young Ricos and the young people in the streets, they're going to vote for somebody who gave them the stimulus and the PPP. They gave them all the unlimited Gucci they could buy on Rodeo Drive. So that is just the world we live in. And I'm going to get more into politics because I'm getting ready to get extremely active. No, I, mean, no, no. I might run for president. But either way, uh, I think we're going, we're going to talk about it. But yeah, I think that... Uh, this is great to see Trump being held accountable, whether it's right or wrong. That's the thing, Trump. We don't care whether sh you did it or didn't. We just like this reality show that you created where you've invited mm -hmm. us into your political world and turned The Apprentice into the White House. And now we're all living for the drama every day. But I don't know. Do, do any of you care that Trump is guilty or not guilty? Yes, I, I like it because it shows the fact that there is like, you know, there is power. Process. There is there right. is like doesn't matter your race, your gift. Whole accountable. <laughs> well, there are a few things that kind of got to me. Like he said in there, I don't know if you, I just like to pay attention to the little lines. He said, in this part of the country where I'm hated. So he actually, what he did was actually recognize that in different regions of different parts of this country, people get treated differently. Yeah, but we already know that though. Yeah, you can but look, to you can hear look it. at the electoral college. You can look at like elect elect um, election night. You can see blue and red states. You know, mm -hmm. if you go into the Bible Belt, where racism lies, but you also know racism shows up in different places. California, the three strikes law was racist. You know what I mean? Whether you're in uh, Florida, the stand your ground law is racist. It's yeah. an ex it's an ex excuse for white people to kill you with no reason if they feel a certain way. We know that laws are set up that way, and we also know that you blacks don't participate enough in the election process. You don't get registered to vote. You don't run for anything. 
Done. I'm running for office. I'm just. I'm not gonna tell y'all what office, but I'm running because the only way you change is by taking control. And the reality is, the reason why it's so out of control, and the reason why uh, uh, Prince, the reason why Trump is so popular, is because unlike Biden, he would get out there every day and tell the mm -hmm. world to go fuck themselves, mm -hmm. whereas Biden is just doing the work that nobody's talking about because right. we don't see him. And uh, and so yeah, I'm just so tired of villains having this huge platform. I'm so tired of Donald Trump. I don't know about y'all. I hate talking about it. Like I hate Blueface being brought up in the news. Like villains have the power <sighs> these days. It's so fucked up. And I believe him when he says he doesn't remember because I feel like in the '90s when Trump was that guy, he just had his little his wrinkly coke. pink shrimp cocktail wiener in everybody's kuka. I mean, well, listen, first of all, I don't appreciate you dragging Blueface into this conversation <laughs> about Trump because y'all know that's my crush. But um, and Blueface is fine. But anyway, um, Lord. The, but but here's the deal. I do agree with you in a certain to a certain degree that like the thing that gets the most clicks or 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 engagement is all the things that's the worst about the world. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like Chris Brown's fight with Usher dominated the press over the week. Right. Yeah. Trump is going to dominate the media when Trump runs for Biden. It's going to be crazy mm -hmm. because. Unfortunately, and this is where I'm going to probably shock some of you because, you know, I've been spending time with this administration. This administration is on critical, is in critical condition. <laughs> They're on life support. Their communication and inability to connect with the culture and black people in a real organic way outside of photo ops and barbecues is alarming. Their lack of commitment and follow through to the things that matter and communicate to those moving the pulse of culture is problematic. And if I get one more invitation to go hang out and eat chicken and water and potato salad, I'm going to be I'm going to feel some type of way. And this is what I will say. Charlamagne recently said this on um, on The Breakfast Club and shout out to them getting picked up by CNN is we live in a two party system environment where we only have the Democrats, or Republicans. So you almost feel forced to vote some type of way. Right. You're going to vote for Trump. And or just not vote for Trump uh, or vote for Trump because you believe in his business acumen. Or are you going to vote for Biden because you believe socially he's a, a better person? It, it, to me, I'm, I'm over giving my vote to the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. Don't interview Trump because he, he doesn't need your audience. Well, shit. Why does Biden need my audience when he never takes me up on the offer to come and do an interview? Mm. You know, and let's be very clear. We had a scheduled interview with the vice president of the United States to come on the Jason Lee show. Everybody knows I've been spending time supporting her. I think Kamala is a nice woman. I like her. She's enjoyable pub privately. She's cool. And I I believe as a black woman, she should be supported. But girl, you got to get out and do the work. You got to connect with the culture. Going to Africa and running from country to country don't mean that black people here who are afraid to send their kids to school because they're getting murdered are going to connect your, your platform. Well, she did do an interview, just not here. Well, she did an interview on Jennifer Hudson, but nobody watched that. You know, nice outfit. But I just feel like, again, like, and and, and the crazy part is having met Kamala and really liking her, because I really do like her. Let me be very clear. I like her a lot, and I like her husband. It's not about that. It's the team around her that is not handling the relationships with black media and black people properly. And so when you see us interview Trump, if I interview Trump before I interview this administration, I'm sorry, y'all got a problem. Y'all got a problem. And I bet you if I call for Trump to interview, he'll he'll come right now because they've been trying to get over here. But I was one of those blacks guilted into taking an oath of poverty and believing that I just had to be loyal to my Democrats because that's the way it's supposed to go. But no, as I've made more money, I'm definitely in the tax bracket of being a Republican. I'm absolutely in love with money and I hate paying taxes. So they already got my attention there. I just can't fuck with the kids in cages, women not having control over their bodies, and and the racist bullshit attack against Muslims. But it almost makes you not want to vote. It almost makes you say, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Because the world's going to hell anyway. 
uh, I'm not going to vote. But, you know, me personally, I understand the responsibility of voting. But I will say I'm really unhappy with the direction of this country uh, in particular, not happy with either side. And uh, and the crazy part is you only have like another year and a half before yeah. we're all forced with voting for somebody. And believe me, I do feel to a certain degree all this all of a sudden accountability is because they want to block Trump from running mm -hmm. because they know the Democrats know that if they actually go up against Trump, they're going to have to outspin him. They're going to have to outspeak him and they're going to have to outorganize him. And unless they have Barack Obama and Michelle out there every single day going from home to home, not knocking on doors, which we know they're not going to do. Um, I don't think that they could pull off a victory. No, definitely not. The, the, the millennials are too smart. They're paying attention to politics in a way that people don't really know that they do, and they catch on quick. Donald Trump runs his campaign like a millennial. He uses social media. He goes, he trolls people. He's he's witty. It's like, yeah, really, the Biden, is he's out of touch in every way. And it's like, even like him being a reality star, that's still on brand for millennials, you know? So, but I think I think with 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 Donald Trump. Well, let's let's, let's talk Republican Democrat. Okay. Republicans in your face tell you fuck all y'all. We don't like none of you. Right. Democrats tell you we love you. We love you. We're you. We're you're one of us. But then they do nothing for you. Right. That is the game that's being played in this country. That's why for me, I want to move to a part of the world where it's all about just getting money. <laughs> and if you know how to get money, you great. And if you don't, well, we'll we'll help you as much as we can. Because right now, I'm telling you, I drive down the street. Homelessness everywhere. Hollywood has turned into, I don't. Uh -oh. Karen Bass, <laughs> uh -oh. I have emailed you. You know you my girl. I helped you get elected but like everybody else did. You came on my show, you helped me get I know you're in your first 150 days. I know you're doing the best you can. We need to talk. We need to talk. I'm tired of driving up and down the street, all the homelessness everywhere. Y'all literally moved them from one area to another. And in my area, this is the, the, yeah. This is this is the this is the rich people problem in me. Right. I, I shouldn't see nobody sleeping in my neighborhood. Right. So what I'm saying to you is there's a problem, but the biggest problem of it all is politics. Politics fucking suck. And the excuse that this administration has said to me over and over and over is it's taking time. We've been spending a I've spent a year with this administration trying to help them get things on track, trying to get help them to communicate. Shout out to Erica. Uh, from the White House, because she, but she can't do it alone. And there's people over there, good people who say they want to help, but helping means you pull up. So Kamala, if y'all don't pull up soon, I'm going to take that as a sign that you're only going to come when it's time for the black vote. And guess what? You ain't going to get it. You won't get it. I'll make sure you don't get it. And I won't care what part of the country doesn't like what I do and say, because I'm going to open up my platform to talking about people who can find who can align with my interests. Now, Trump coming here and explain how he gonna help us all get to billions of dollars, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm not gonna be guilted into hating Trump because of that. Because guess what? The same Trump that promotes all the negativity, the bigotry, the bullshit, and the racism, what is the difference that the Democrats are doing? I really don't know. I don't see the difference. Like, they all are the same. It's just like marketing that's really what it is some people mm. market themselves as a good guy and some people market themselves like even like i watched this movie where this girl thought she was a good princess and she wanted to go to the good princess but really she was evil but the way she presented herself was like i'm a princess but nah y'all all are corrupt they're lawyers they're liars i sat and had conversations with people at the white house who made a lot of commitments and have done nothing so don't expect me to use the platform that i built to help Say your bullshit. I'm getting more active in politics because I'm smart, because I can look at the finite details and I can look through all the bullshit. I can read the small print. I can read the bold print. I can tell you what the headlines say. I can tell you more importantly, 
what's bullshit. And I have no problem calling bullshit because of what's at stake right now in this world, in this country. People that like COVID. I don't even know. COVID just came, killed everybody and left. Like what? Where is, nobody even got the sniffles anymore. <laughs> killed everybody. Clogged up hospitals. Remember they? Remember we were locked in our houses. Yeah, you could say that was under the Trump administration. And yeah, you could say it went away under Biden, but who created who got rid of it? Stop blaming the Chinese. I don't know. I don't want to get into conspiracies. Either way, 6.5 or something million people died. You shut the whole world down. The economy almost collapsed. Everybody, and Dr. Fauci's somewhere sipping my ties. I need answers. Yeah. I'm really unhappy. And you know what? We all have to be, all jokes aside, we all have to be very comfortable and question our government. But don't just question on the outside. Get questioned on the inside. Get active and get involved and take control where you can. But, any, but anyway, mm-hmm. let me move on. First of all, this is my girl right here. Let me start by saying that I may be a little biased because this is my girl, but I'm also biased because I spent 11 years working in the labor union. And I worked in the labor union um, working for service workers um, at Kaiser Permanente. So I have a, an affection in my heart for the service industry. And Ebony is a smart black woman, so we're going to put some respect on her name. But y'all were disrespecting her good name over the last week because my friend, lawyer, and journalist Ebony K. Williams uh, is trending after she said she would never date a bus driver. Now, what she did say was that she would own him, she would date him if he owned the bus. This is what she's this is the conversation she had with Ayala Van Zandt on her show, The Griot, with Ebony K. Williams. Take a look. Would you date a bus driver? You. Would you date if a he bus owns driver? the bus? If he owns no. it. If he owns the bus. See, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on his sofa playing video games all day. (laughs) I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. that. But the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who Mm -hmm. we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver Mm -hmm. if he was, if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I... Well, um, Ayanla, you had a 14-year relationship that failed. Mm. He wasn't a bus driver, but he probably took the bus when he left your house. And you know I love you. You've been on my show. I love Ayanla. Everybody knows, if you've been following me, her book, Until Today, helped me get through the death of my brother. So I love Ayanla. She has a good place in my heart. Maybe she'll come on the show. But Ayanla, I think that was unfair. I think there were two conversations happening. Number one, I recently tried to date somebody who worked at Amazon. Where he worked didn't matter. The mentality of being able to get on the same page did, and he couldn't get there. He can say it's partly my fault because I did get drunk and, you know, there was a moment. But um, relationships just don't always work, regardless of where you where you work or don't work. I also feel like everybody gets their right to decide the type of person they want to date, and that doesn't mean you're shitting on other people. And I'm going to tell you where I connect with Ebony. Years ago, when I didn't understand how my voice getting bigger, 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 the reach getting broader, 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 my audience getting broader, 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 and more diverse, that what I was saying was materializing in some people's minds other than the intended impact. And you all, that's when you start saying I was a colorist. I used to call my show and say, oh, I love a light-skinned Dominican with uh, pink lips and tattoos and green eyes or whatever. I literally described the idea of a person that I was attracted to at the time, one person. But anybody that will tell you, Enrico, who lives in my house and sees the diversity in those I entertain, will tell you, are they all light-skinned? Now, a lot of them are, but that, you know, I have a right to my <laughs> preference. But that goes back to 
you have an individual preference. If you like Dominican girls because culturally your family said you got to marry a Dominican woman, just like in some African countries, they tell you you have to marry somebody of your own. Or a Muslim, you got to date somebody of your own. China, you better get you another China woman or China whatever. You have the right to choose the type of person you want to date without being shamed for it. If she says as an attorney, as a successful black woman, that the that the energy she wants to match is a, somebody who has the ambition of wanting to own the bus company, that doesn't mean he can't. She didn't say he can't start driving a bus with the with the intent to get there. I don't know Ebony as I know her personally very well to be that shallow. But what I think has been happening because it's sparked a debate all over the world where everybody is now having something to say. You now have forced Ebony to come out the legal closet. Everything she has to say. Now, listen, she doubled down on what she had to say following her show. And this is what a smart black woman had to say. So out of the 50,000 plus comments posted on social, I only saw a handful that even considered the possibility of a bus owner being a more aspirational position and recognizing that I am actually speaking and pouring into the ascension of black men when I said what I said. But see, no, some of y'all were too busy naming and shaming me personally and black women in general as undesirable gold diggers and much worse. Now, I suspect that some of y'all are the same men that were bringing home C's and D's on your report cards, only to then be coddled by parents that said, well, that's okay, as long as you're doing your best. Well, listen, I love and believe in the excellence of black men. So no, my dear, C's and D's or any other form of mediocrity is not okay. No, I will not create a soft place for you or anybody that I love to fall comfortably into the bigotry of low expectations. So I'm going to say one more time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with driving a bus. My mother Gloria drove one for years. But could it be that black America has been sold a narrative of average, regular, and typical being good enough for us? Hmm. Well, see, that's called white supremacy. And in this case, it takes the form of conditioning black Americans to happily accept being a permanent American underclass. But see, because I know the truth about black folk in America, no, average is not and will never be good enough for me. And the gag is, I don't think it's good enough for you either. What y'all think about that? <sighs> Well, she said, I said what I said. I don't even want to chime in because y'all already know where I'm going to go with this. But I understand her. I don't think people should date people that you're not attracted to. That's first. I'll start there. But also, I think about why people don't stay in relationships, why people get cheated on, why they're not in relationships. It's because you want this perfect person and you're not perfect at all. Because, I, you know, everybody can, when you point fingers, it's four pointing back. But I think about, like, authentic relationships that I've seen and know in life where two people got together, literally didn't have anything. But I also thought it was a strong black woman built a black man and made him a king. I thought that. But, you know, people disregard that part. People start in different places of life. But I could use my own family as an example. My parents got together very young, didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? It was like we struggled a lot. But my mom was such a brilliant, determined woman. She polished and they groomed each other to where my dad became extremely successful. He had nothing in the beginning. I, we were homeless. You know what I'm saying? But a strong, determined black woman who actually is building a king, a real queen, will build a man. 
and help him become the best him he could be. Instead of looking at him because he drives a bus, you could drive a bus right now. But at the end of the day, what happened? Like you may own a car lot one day, like you never know where it goes, but people can't see past the corner. So they're just like, no, no, no. But that's also why divorce is hot. That's why people are single. That's why they're miserable because you're looking for something perfect and you're not even perfect. I was going to say too, just like you, Jason, I also dated someone who's worked at Amazon <laughs> and all my friends are like, doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that bother you? And I'm like, honestly, I was even looking now while we were playing this clip, Rick Ross used to be, you know, a correctional officer. Kanye worked at the Gap when he was 15. Taraji P. Henson, she was a waitress. Brad Pitt was a chicken mascot. Like yeah, where I, you start isn't where you're going to end up. Yeah, right. but right. I was just going to say exactly what you said. I always say to my friends, like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's your mentality. It's your mindset. Like, do you have that mindset? So I just feel like I have a problem. I would have a problem with Ebony was didn't work at all and was like, I need to date the owner of the bus because it's like you're not doing shit for yourself right. to be talking mm -hmm. but she's established she's a very successful lawyer she's 39 like she can say what she wants to say that's her preference but it's a mentality thing but you can i feel like once you start dating someone you can tell right away like ah you're just gonna stay at amazon yeah i feel like she bullshit. didn't meant to say that a bus driver she yeah. just used that term and then yeah. therefore everybody just well no she was asked a specific question and she answered would you date a bus driver she right. said if he owned the bus now here's the thing right that's not saying I wouldn't date a bus driver with ambition, but let me be very clear what's happening, right? As somebody who worked with service workers, it's almost like two white people yelling about how black lives matter, but yet neither are doing anything to help the real cause. So me working with service workers for 11 years, when you guys now have used the service industry and bus drivers as a prop in this debate, but aren't standing on the front lines with them when they're on strike, Stand, aren't standing on the front lines with them when they're getting their contracts violated, violated by their employers, when you're not standing on the front line with them, helping them out. And let's be very clear. None of you that are talking right now are driving or riding on a fucking bus. So let's start with that because I don't even get on buses. So that's let's be very clear to put some context on this conversation. Ayala Vanzani ain't getting on a bus. Ebony ain't getting on a bus. Now, she went over to the breakfast club, got into an Envy. Now, her mother, Gloria, used to ride a bus and apparently drive a bus and apparently DJ Envy's uh, father drove a bus, and baby, when I tell you it got heated at the breakfast club, take a listen. I feel like you're changing the goalposts, right? What people were upset about was what you said, and everything that you said could... People. I feel like you're changing the goalposts, right? What people were upset about was what you said, and everything that you said could absolutely positively be true. People were upset that they felt like that you were putting down the average person, quote-unquote average job, and the person that was working the average job, that that their, their, what they do is not as good as what you do. That, that's, that's a projection, that, that's, Envy. That's, no, that's, Envy, that's a projection. That's because what, what, let, you let, know me what I, I'll let you speak. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me talk, go ahead. Yeah. So, so when you start talking about all this, and, and I read the comments just like you did because I wanted to prepare myself when you came up here to, to understand what people were mad about yeah. and what, understand what people were upset about. So when you're talking about all this, this brother this and, and the black man this and the white supremacy this and this, that, and mm -hmm. the other, that's all to the side of how you felt about that quote unquote average job, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, right? And one of the comments that I said, and, and, and maybe I'm not sure, right? The guy was like, he was like, you talk about all this about lifting a brother up and lifting, lifting this up and white supremacy and, and what you do for our people. And then the first thing the brother said was, but your fiance was white. And I'm sitting there like, how, how do you talk about how much you uplifting and how much you're, 
going for black people, but that's not necessarily what you're even looking for. Well, first of all, paging Dr. Umar, damn. Let's address it, and let's not skip a beat. So, I would love to know how you envy know what I'm looking for, because we never had the conversation. I don't know, I'm telling you what people are saying on comments, what I've read, and I'm talking for them. I'm not a bus driver. I'm speaking for the average person out there, because I feel for them, because the bus drivers and the average person are what keeps these lights on here on the breakfast club. They keep me, they keep me booked and shows. Nobody is saying, first of all, this is not about you booking shows. This is about I feel, so when you shit on the people that ride with me, Envy, you're dead ass wrong for framing it as me shitting on them. You don't think I'm shitting on them? First of all, I know it wasn't. I think what you're saying right now is irresponsible. I think what you're saying is irresponsible. Envy, I think what you are framing right now in this moment is highly irresponsible. Because we're, I'm going to, if you listen, I'm going to tell you. Because if you were to listen to all of the full Yanla interview, mm -hmm. the full sidebar, the full episode of Holding Court, nowhere in any of that commentary did I say a cross or negative word about the working class of black America, of America broadly, or black men. I'm going to get to the why was my fiance. Envy, let me finish this statement. Do you know what I'm people going feel? to get to. I'm just because you didn't I don't mean to hurt somebody. This because you didn't mean to affect somebody doesn't mean you didn't hurt a community. I, don't I can deal say anything about somebody, but like I didn't mean to hurt you. But if you hurt people, you hurt people. If feel if people feel a way about you, they feel a way about you because those people that you talked about are the people that buy your books, that listen to this show, and they're hurt. <sighs> what about, Ebony, Ebony, what about words like uh, no, average, I'm, mediocre, I'm mediocrity, to, oh typical, and the bigotry of low expectations? I think those that are the words people. that hurt the working. You class. can sit here and say, no, I didn't hurt nobody. You hurt people out there that buy your books and follow you and support. Well, um, I'm in the business of hurting people's feelings. I'm probably going to hurt some now. Uh, let me say this. Um, I totally 1000% agree with both sides of the conversation. I agree with Ebony that mediocrity and the mindset of black people who want to be mediocre is wrong. And it is built in by white supremacy because only our culture, which we've seen historically, has been enslaved and taught that they are less than when they are the backbone of building everything that we see today. And then got no reparations and told we don't belong. So, and we bought into the bullshit as black people. Let's be very clear. We bought into as much as we march and say Black Lives Matter and defund the police and all this and that. We ain't marching. Uh, we ain't committing our whole life to it like Angela Davis, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King did. And when all of our current civil rights leaders die, guess what? We're fucked. So let's be clear about that. Uh, the second part though is I do believe that working class people should not be uh, marginalized or in a part of a conversation where they're ping pong back and forth over what is right or wrong for black people. And that's exactly what happened. A lot of you that have been participating in this conversation, and mind you, I will say as a disclaimer, we only watch shows and clips. So I'm even having this conversation based on clips, not watching all the full interviews because I didn't even do my full research. So let me start by saying I'm now becoming a part of the problem because I'm responding to what I've seen you all responding to, which is in a very small part of a larger yeah. conversation. But with that being said, I do feel like we need to stop fighting for groups of people that we're not standing with on the front lines. If you don't believe in your heart that Black Lives Matter, too, then don't stand out there with us. Don't go and post a hashtag. If you're a business like some of the Fortune 500 brands we're talking to that are committing hundreds of millions of dollars to black brands, black media, and black issues, but then the report card comes out and you haven't even given 5% of your commitment, you're full of shit and you're a bigger part of the problem. And that's what's happening. That All of us in the world of media are gaslighting you all to commenting and engaging in content and showing up to leave your opinions on shit that we really don't give a fuck about because we get based on clicks. And now... 
for Ebony to go on The Breakfast Club and get into a heated conversation with Envy to where we didn't really get to clearly hear her side or their side. It was an argument. It left us all not really knowing what the fuck we heard. But what but, but what I want to know is what do you guys think based on what you heard from there right there? Marina, what did you think? I feel like she's doubling down on it, but I feel like her delivery was off to offend Envy. But I understand where Ebony's coming from because, like I said, she's established so she can make that statement. I want somebody else who's established. Do you feel like maybe she was doubling down on it in a way that didn't come off because she felt attacked and was trying to defend her point yes, of view. Yes, because this is this was a little spicy and I feel like they I great feel like content, it took a though. turn. Great, great content. content. Great. The clicks were and clicking. And it's crazy that they both had bus driver parents. That's what made it in a good conversation Correct. to me. Correct. Because it's like you could both have different perspectives but the same journey almost. But it's crazy how people can walk together and still think differently. But, um, you know, I respect her for standing her ground. I don't agree wholly. I don't always... I don't completely disagree either, but I still think like you know that's probably why she's single. Just saying. No, I don't think I don't think that, she, that some would say that I'm single because I'm looking for the perfect person. But guess what? They don't exist. They don't. There is no perfect person. I'm single because I like Cardi said on the show. I'm a whore. <laughs> I enjoy having multiple sexual partners. I enjoy being able to fly somebody in or fly them out and. What I tell Rico as soon as we landed, I want everybody out of my fucking house. You can't do that when you live with somebody you're in love with, right? And so right. that's my choice, but I'm working through that. She may be single because the nigga she had just didn't work out, but we can't say she's single because she doesn't want to settle for mediocre because there's a lot of you who are not single, but have suffered for mediocrity. You, you, you settle for mediocrity. You lay next to mediocrity every day. Right. You wake up and you're served breakfast by mediocrity. That's your choice. They may or may not drive a bus. They may or may, you know, half of y'all will date somebody with a big dick and a PlayStation 5 and don't care if he got a job or not, and that's okay. But that's your choice, just like she's entitled to her choice. The fact that we're having a conversation about bus drivers when we know that one of the biggest moments in civil rights history came out of a woman refusing to sit in the back of the bus mm -hmm. because she refused to be treated less than on the very means of transportation we're talking about. But, but, but best believe, this next person, Dr. Umar, I don't know you. So let me start by saying I know you're very educated. I've done my research. I have. I heard you have a school you've been trying to get funded for for years. I know you go on The Breakfast Club. That's the only time I see you when your clips go viral. You had a lot to say about Ebony. I watched the clip. I made some calls to find out more about you. Didn't get everything I needed, but I got enough. But this is what you said. Take a listen. Erica K. Williams. What, what's the sister who was on there with Charlemagne and Envy today? Very well-spoken sister. What's her name? I've seen her. What's the sister's name, brothers and sisters? Ebony. Ebony K. Williams. Well-spoken sister. She made some great points, but dear Ebony, that's not what you was talking, sweetheart. That's not what you was talking. You was on some talented 10th bullshit, and you tried to take it back to the community this morning, sister. See, we can't talk out both sides of our mouth. We can't talk out both sides of our mouth, sister. We can't talk out both sides of our mouth. I didn't disagree with much of what you said today, but that's not what you said the other day, sister. You was talking down to working class blacks. You are a bourgeoisie. You are a bourgeoisie feminist. And I hope to God you wasn't engaged in a white man because I thought somebody said you was engaged to a white man. Eric Ebony, I better not find out your ass was swimming in the milk. If I find out your ass was swimming in the milk, I'm going to lose a lot of respect for you, sister. Because what that tells me if you were with a damn Neanderthal snow puppy, then you're telling me at the end of the day, you are trying to condemn black men to justify dating white. If you are an interracial dater, if you are a bunny hopper, 
then what you are telling me is your whole diatribe, your whole rant against black men driving the bus was a justification so you can date a white man. I hope that ain't the case. I hope that ain't. Someone could say you look like Questlove and you should just be playing the drums, but that'd be petty. Look, at the end of the day, um, I just saw a black man attack a black woman. That's what I saw. I saw you talk to Ebony K. Williams, a black lawyer who is black, got a book called Bet on Black, who is black, black, who went over and crossed over into the Housewives franchise in New York that's been historically perceivably been racist to become the first black woman in a franchise and left the show when she no longer felt that she could bring value to it as a black woman, who's somebody who works for a black organization, the Grio, and reports on black issues all day long. And I, I saw you attack her. Um, I saw you uh, display racism as somebody who's biracial, whose father swam in the milk. Um, I think it's disgusting to see somebody like you say something like that. It's also disrespectful to all the white people who stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, all the people that aren't like us or don't look like us who stand for our issues. I saw you uh, use her choice of dating or who she's engaged to as a means of saying that she's less pro-black. That's another thing that's created by white supremacy where they've divided us. And this is the very thing that you will never see happen in the Asian community, the Muslim community when it comes to people standing together on race issues, is us be divided based on color or who we co-mingle with. Just because everybody at this table is not black doesn't mean we can't talk about a black issue, doesn't mean I don't value Marina's opinion on a black issue. I think that's the ignorance that keeps us all divided. Now you got me divided with you. I actually went and did some research on you and saw you speaking on service workers in particular, bus drivers from years ago where you were talking about how unions, white unions, are keeping black people from good jobs. You literally were having the same or similar conversation about how the service worker industry and labor unions, which is part of your fight with your narrative, with your community, where you were propagating up the issue of division within white people in unions and black workers is the very thing that I think that uh, Ebony K. Williams was talking about. This is where workers in these unions or whatever are conditioned to stay mediocre, to stay at a baseline level of employment because they shouldn't have aspirations to be greater than. That's why they didn't give books to slaves because they didn't want us to be greater than, right? So we look at the historical and generational, in my opinion, um, uh, genocide that is being created by these type of conversations to continue to kill off each of us, each of our races by generation, or this race by generation. Um, I I find it really um, comical that you would have this approach to an Ebony K. Williams instead of saying, hey, why don't we all get together? Why don't Charlemagne, Ebony, Envy, uh, uh, Dr. Umar, should I even participate in a roundtable conversation that actually moves the culture forward instead of dividing all of us? Because guess what, Dr. Umar? You may be the only person that gets on a bus and still be disconnected from bus driver issues. Um, and lastly, we all get to choose who we want to date. If I want to date a bus driver, I would date a bus driver. I would date a bus driver. I'm not going to get on the bus with him. I'm not going to I'm not going to ride his route, but that's just because I don't ride buses. I don't need to ride a bus. I worked hard, but there were days that I rode buses that I couldn't wait to get on a bus. And I have a respect for the Metro MTA workers all across the world because we know in New York City without a bus driver and without a train driver, that city would shut the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? I agree. Uh I feel like he just responded to whatever the media was put of her. Like he turned it into uh, his personal spoke about race and stuff like that. But um one thing that I will take back from the DJ Envy stuff is that 
you are allowed to date whoever you want. It's just that they took her speaking of making the other society look less than the ones that she's on. So that's that's not okay. You could be with whoever you want, but, but we cannot embrace. Say that, did she say that? Because I didn't hear her say she felt like they were less. I heard. That's how we're taking it, though. Because that, that's, that's person. The part, but that's the part right there, right? Mm -hmm. When you say something in this mic and it goes out, because people are going to watch this and have an opinion. How they receive it, because she said, I don't care what how people, like, I don't get caught up in the comments. I say that every day. Because if I get caught up in the comments and say what I say based on what gaslights them to tell me what I want to hear, doesn't allow me to give my opinion on what I actually think. She said what she thinks. She doesn't want it. She's not going to date a bus driver because she wants it. She didn't say I wouldn't date a bus driver. She said I would date a bus driver if he owned the bus. <laughs> How she meant that, what she said is her individual preference. I didn't hear her saying bus drivers are bad people. I didn't hear, hear her say all bus drivers should go to hell or all bus drivers are pathetic or all bus drivers are blah. I didn't hear her say that. Once you say something, the online community, social media takes it and runs with it and becomes a whole other narrative. Clickbait. I think she went on a show to explain her position. She doubled down on what she actually meant. Then she went to have a dialogue about it and was met with a lot of resistance. And then now here we are still talking about it because there are people who could agree on both sides. One, we all have a right to choose to date who we want. And if we choose to date a bus driver or a person that owns a bus, is our individual choice. And two, stop disrespecting bus drivers or working class people because those people yes. are what we need the world to go by. Right. I'll tell you here in Los Angeles, I learned that fairly quickly. But see, I, I come from a service industry background, so let's be very clear. They were shitting on Mexicans in California, disrespecting them. There was a whole conversation about immigration where they didn't want Mexicans. Go back to your country. That's the shit they've been saying to black people. And guess what these Mexicans did? They took one day off work. Every Mexican that worked anywhere took a day off. Baby, they shut L.A. down. down. They shut it down. Not only did they not go to work, but they marched. It was thousands of Mexicans, but more importantly, all the jobs that you would shit on, car, you know, uh, washing cars, service workers, service servers in restaurants, mm -hmm. valet, all that. Those people that you tend to just get out, give your money, get your keys, and, and give them your place and not pay attention to them, when they ain't there, guess what? Now you feel the impact. And that's what I loved about the Mexicans being able to unite in the way that they did. And that was a demonstration that I think if we're going to be this passionate about, Dr. Umar, get your ass out there. And I'm not saying you don't. Because I don't know you enough, and you don't know Ebony enough, clearly, and you definitely probably don't know me, because I also heard you don't like gays, allegedly. I'll say allegedly. But either allegedly. way, I'm out here in these streets. I have been on the front line. I have struck hospitals. I've been out there organizing workers for years. I've organized non-speaking, English-speaking families that advocate for their children's educational experience. So I've done the work. So my work is already solidified, so I can have any argument with anybody any day. But I just do, I think we need to back off Ebony a little bit because I think it's gotten really comfortable whenever you see that online is okay with you shitting on a female, a black female at that, that you could shit on her too and make it personal. I think we can have spirited debates without being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can um, have an honorable conversation that actually elevates the working class people that we're fighting about. It would have been great to have a bus driver in that conversation. Mm -hmm. It would have been great to bring bus drivers into the conversation or unions for bus drivers into the conversation so that way they can help us humanize the fight that they're in every day instead of mm -hmm. politicking them and playing around because that's, in my opinion, what happened. So, Ebony, um, keep up the good fight, girl. Just go, go get on a bus, though. Get on a bus. Do it, do it, do it, do it real on a bus. Will you shoot a reel for Ebony on a bus? Yeah. Okay. That cool. was a great 
content right now. But all right, so all no, jokes. This, all this jokes is the aside, end of the conversation. Okay. So I'm gonna make sure you nah, go to the no, all jokes aside. This is, no, but y'all be wanting to keep it going. I just asked you a question, not to keep it going. Okay, <laughs> cool. So so you're you're gonna give her a real. Yeah. Okay, great. It. Okay. Ebony, I'll loan you Rico. Not in a way that's disrespectful to his culture. I ain't loaning the Spanish guy. You, you know, you're not even Spanish, right? You're Dominican. Because Spanish, Spanish is Spain. That's Spanish though. I, I, I you don't not, know because you're I just am, a slave that got dropped off I in the not, Caribbean. I am not jumping in that. Right. See, that's the thing though. But that that's because I'm educated. I'm educated, meaning like I don't know. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go give you my opinion because I don't have the enough information to back up what I'm. What I was gonna say was a lot of us don't even understand that we're all black to start with. So when I say I like Dominicans, it's like you saying you don't like black guys. They black. They was on the boat. They, it's like you get on a cruise to a three-country cruise, and then you get dropped off at a country and don't get back on the boat. That's what happened to Rico and his family. Anyway, moving right along. All right, uh, he's in the news. This is singer Dustin Michael. Now, if you don't know who Dustin Michael is, and let me say to you, Dustin, I did get your DM about this topic that we're going to talk about, and I appreciate you having the courage. You sent it to me while I was at the club with Diddy, so I didn't get a chance to open it then, but I did open it since then. But even before I opened it, my team had already posted that Dustin has now come out uh, and sharing a very personal story. Now, if you don't know who Dustin is, he was in a group back in 2005 that Diddy actually put out called B5. Now, the, the group B5 was five brothers who had come together. There was Dustin, Michael, Kelly, Allen, Patrick Owen, Carnell Frederick, and Brian Jesse. Now, let me show you a picture of them then and now, just so you can see who they were. They were little kids. Okay, they all grew up to be beautiful young men. Jesus. They all cute now. But either way, in 2019, the group tried to make a comeback and, you know, they had a, a viral moment, but it didn't really go that far. Well, what is going far is that Dustin Michael is now in the news because he's revealing that he's dating a transgender woman who happens to be actor and director D. Smith. Now, let me show you a photo of them really quick. This is them as a couple uh, and they're a cute couple. Well, either way, he uh, uploaded this video that has the whole world talking. And let me show you right now. I always feel a little different and like a loner, like I was a black sheep of the family type thing. Recently, I saw the horrible news of a transgender woman named Coco the Doll being murdered in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, like a week or two ago. This particularly like hit me close to home because I feel as men, um, black men, we're not allowing ourselves to love who we want to love openly without fearing being judged and shamed publicly you know what i mean so i feel that we're taught as children that being emotional or sexually ambiguous uh is wrong and that you know we learn to suppress certain feelings but um we don't never grow up and really learn to deal with them as you come into adulthood i find it as men you know we get frustrated that by what we're basically feeling in our hiding and take this frustration out on others. And, you know, sometimes that emotional trauma can basically lead to violence or, you know, death. Which brings me to why I'm doing this video. Um, I'm in a very beautiful relationship with someone who makes me very happy. She's very sexy, very talented. And most of all, she has a beautiful kind of spirit, which I love. My girlfriend, she is transgender. Her name is Dee Smith. You know, after Coco's death, basically, I wanted to make it very clear to her that she has a place 
that she can feel safe and free with and, you know, basically feel seen and loved without any conditions. Well, I don't want to be one of those men benefiting from like a trans woman in private and, you know, and not celebrate her publicly. So this is somebody I've known for like over 10 years now. And from day one, we've always had this like very special, very, very special connection. I feel like it's time for, you know, just men in general to basically step up and just own who we are as men. And with that being said, I'm signing off and that's it, man. Just love who you love. Thoughts? I love how he shed a tear on her community, meaning like he wants his spouse to feel like, you know, supported, like, you know, I'm with you. So that's that's great. I feel like that's great. Like that's that's a great example when something negative happens, you go out and you speak good. You don't go and speak bad or tell people to, you know. So I'll 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 take that. I'll like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I commend him too because it's not easy to do that. He's absolutely li living in his truth and on top of that, it's like, you know, though they're that's a big songwriter as well. So like they both are in like, you know, entertainment, so it's not easy to like, you know, be in this world and and things like that but then on top of that it's like you know people always say living your truth living your truth but the moment someone does they drag them so it's like you should celebrate this if you want people to be honest this is the type of behavior that should be celebrated so people will be honest instead of the fear of backlash and the way people treat like like you know just people that are different in general i agree and i just feel like visually it was shot so sexy it looks like a dior sauvage like cologne commercial <laughs> but he did that well, well, look, I would say, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, last night who was a married straight man, and he was telling me how he doesn't feel supported um, by his partner. And it was less about, not at all about sexuality, just in general, life in general, it's very general. And what he said to me in that conversation was, I just have so much respect for how confident you are as an openly gay man. Like, you're not the stigma of what people think of a, a, a gay man looks like and you're such a boss and you respect and you know you, the way you move and this and that and this is the thing part of why I am the way that I am is because I really feel like we have to start tearing down the stigma of what gay looks like just like we had to start tearing down the stigma that gay that AIDS is a gay person's disease because when you live in the dark when you live in the shadows is when things happen and people get hurt when you're afraid to say all the sexual things you're involved with and you're scared to pursue the support to make sure you're being safe doing all that is when you hurt your partners. When you are, you know, uh, living a certain lifestyle because you're afraid that people won't accept you, it's your lack of accepting who you are is what makes people not accept you because people don't like to be friends with strangers. And if you're presenting yourself as one thing when you're really something else, that's strange and people feel that energy. I love the fact that he does. Now, the one thing I will question is you said that you, that you heard about uh, the death of this trans person then it motivated you to tell your story but the person that you're dating is the director of the movie that that person is in so also I don't want to say that this is in any way a part of marketing but I also know the industry that we live in and we're all talking about it and this got lots of press so what I will say is that you knew the person because you were dating the person who directed the film that they were in when she died and I love that you're telling your truth and I'm sure the person that you're dating directed that video that you did which I think is an artistic thing that you guys can come together as a couple and do um i feel like we have to also be very mindful that this community is used several times as props and marketing tools and i'm extremely sensitive to that and i don't play around when it comes to that at all um and so that being said uh i also want to say there's a lot of you straight men out there who 
ironically, something happened this weekend. There was a straight guy who wanted to connect with me, hang out, whatever, and he went live trying to get beans on Bigo, making all this to do about nothing, saying that I was hitting on him because he was straight. Let's be very clear. I don't believe in straight or gay, just like y'all don't believe in, uh, y'all believe that he, she can also have they, thou, and that. So we all got our beliefs. So before you start knocking mine, let me knock, y'all all got some shit nobody believe in. I don't believe in gay and straight. I think we live in a much more fluid world than we ever have in life, my lifetime. And I do believe that there are people, specifically people in my community that want to have sexual exploration that are, that are afraid to because they, you all don't allow them to be safe. And that is what I think he's speaking to. And so he went on and on and on about Jason this, Jason this, Jason that. When, let's be very clear, if you're a straight man telling me you want to hang out with me and you show me your passport because you want to take a trip here and there, baby, and me and you ain't getting on no plane, going to no tropical location to go sit and follow and look for pussy. So if, if whatever your implications to get in my life are, I don't want to care about your mixtape. Half of y'all don't have no talent anyway. I don't want to care hear about your fashion dreams and all that. I don't, I'm not in the business of helping people become musicians. We have a promo program on Hollywood Live, but when you talk to me, if you ain't our friends, family, financing my dreams or fucking, there's no reason for you to be on my phone that's just the friends family financing a fucking those are the f's that's what my phone is called f-o-n-e i said that on my last show and it's still true today um i love that people are starting living their truth i don't know do you think that the younger generation the 20 year olds the 25 year olds do you think that they are feeling more safer today to be open with their sexuality or do you think that it's still very much like a it ain't cool to be gay type of and you're in that world in terms of being young. No, I was I would say that it's more because in me in high school I could remember I could count with my you know with my hands my fingers with my hands like how many gays uh I know when in I Buffalo. Say, yeah in Buffalo. I Meaning like let's say four in my whole high school that like, I got know that we would talk to or whatever. Now it's more common like now people are you know being their self and because i say back then it was a judge because people you know you might be afraid of damn he's not gonna talk to me because i dress the way because i act this way right, right. so i say now yes i do see so you it. think it's easier to be friends with gay people now than it was back when you were in school oh yeah yes totally because back then it wasn't cool yeah no nah, no nah. hell no nah. you will get judged automatically you will get judged mm. oh, i was always friends with the queens but it's different for girls yeah, yeah true, right true, true, true. it's different yeah. for girls girls be, can be friends with the gay boys but but if you are a straight or seemingly straight male because even me when i was coming up and gay on the low i wasn't hanging out with the sissies but even to this <laughs> but why though but why and look and those of you out there that say oh don't call us sissies sissy <laughs> but why i don't date men that wear makeup i don't date men that wear purses and i'm not mad at those that do you just can't spend out of my house because all my sheets are white and you may leave your whole face on it but i don't want a mac counter on my sheets but that's my preference and that's not saying that that some of you aren't beautiful. Some of you are beautiful because you wear makeup. I just, I'm, I'm not into that. But I do think that whatever you're into, like we should be able to have our conversations and we should be able to live out. If you want to be a bad bitch, like I saw a nigga six foot two in Miami wearing some six inch high heels. He was six foot eight, looking like he was ready to run, run a ball down the court. Not the kind of ball you're thinking, right? But he was a bad that's bitch. Like that's Johnson too. EJ Johnson's a stallion. The point is you have to respect people's confidence. Like right, however right, you decide right. to show up to the world, that's how we got to see you. Not like automatically put a label. But due right. to social media, like how we're being controlled for social media and how everything is in this world. Like we are all, in, like how you say divided. Like they whatever they create is for us to identically like divide yourself like right. if if the gays the straight going to speak let me say is rico so rico travels with me all over the world 
Rico, didn't you say recently one of the girls asked you if you were gay because you're hanging out with me and I got all the gays around? Yeah, so the, the most the most crazy shit that I got from being around a lot of gay people now is that legit girls will ask me, like, are you gay? And I'm like, well, so, it may, so it, it makes me gay or I'm by gay because just by being affiliated. Mm-hmm. So that that's new to me. It doesn't make me feel away because I'm confident in my own self and you know Period. that don't that don't affect me. That but that's you. that's not everybody, not everybody reacts to that. And culture too. Right. Because right. me coming from Dominican Republic, I was not being taught like, oh, don't talk to this person because they gay or not. So I came to the United States and I had to adapt to everything that is going on because I see the division. So we were in we were in uh, Miami this past weekend and we were at the at Live Nightclub with the whole Diddy party. And I got a table and 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 Rico went and gathered all the girls he wanted and the boys that gathered all the girls he wanted. And I remember specifically, I'm walking from Diddy's table back to my table and I see Rico watching me. And as I start to make my way over, he's wrangling all the girls, get out the way, come and get school all the way over. Uh, but I think that's how you learn how to coexist in each other's world. like. You know if I got a guy with me, I'm going to be preoccupied to, with that. To, and I know for you to be sitting at the table for the four or five hours we got to be there, you ain't going to want to be there sitting by yourself. Not five hours. You know, uh, so we in the club. You know, <laughs> we in the club. Because in, in Miami, yeah. we go in one and we leave at five or you six. You are outside. I'm 45 years old. Don't, still don't know how I'm outside. But, but what I will say is I do love the fact that Dustin's video is centered at the point of acceptance. Self-acceptance, though, first. Because I said this to somebody years ago. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say this now. You cannot make other people accept you or hold them accountable to accepting you until you've learned how to accept yourself. Once you, you, With me, you know who I am and what I'm about. That's why uh, earlier online when I saw somebody say exposing Jason Lee, you can never expose me because everything I do is all out there. I may have one or two skeletons somewhere, but bitch, they buried so goddamn far down underground that if anybody digs them out, they gonna die and be right in the box with them, okay? But either way, Dustin, congratulations to you and your girl uh, for your coming out story and experience. And um, I hope the world, I don't want everybody to start coming out now, but I hope that you all will just be as fluid as you want to be. All right, that's it. All right, we gotta get a little serious now. Uh, Jamie Foxx, you all know he's been hospitalized now for what's almost now a month. And they're calling it a medical complication. At least that's what his daughter had posted some time ago. He's in Georgia where he was filming something. And what I understand uh, is that, um, you know, he allegedly, I'll say allegedly went through a stroke. That's what people are saying. I just, they say medical condition. But what I've heard is that allegedly, push that button. Allegedly. It was a stroke. Now, his Instagram post, the Instagram post from his daughter popped up. And this is what first alerted us. Take a look. She posted from the Fox family, we wanted to share that my father, Jamie Foxx, experienced a medical complication yesterday. Luckily, due to quick action and great care, he is already on his way to recovery. We know how beloved he is and appreciate your prayers. The family asked for privacy during this time. Much love, the Fox family. Now, this news left everybody shocked, including me, because to know Jamie and be around him, he's a nice, respectable, very warm-hearted, always entertaining those around him, very hospitable guy. I remember first coming to L.A., uh, he opened up his home to all of us. He would have these parties on a regular basis. Shout out to him, Lonnie, and everybody over there. And Jamie just is just a good person. I used to go to Fox, the Foxhole at his office when they would film their shows with Claudia Jordan, when me and her were running the streets together, her, Johnny Mac, and everybody. So to be around Jamie and to see this happen has just been insane. Now, there haven't been a lot of details, which means that everybody online is trying to figure out what happens. And you know everybody thinks they're the jury, the doctor's office, the medical coroner everything so in this case people are now saying that you know they think jamie fox is dying 
now, what people are saying is, and what we've seen reports of, is that doctors are running tests and trying to figure out exactly what happened uh, with him. And people are also saying that the production in the movie he was doing has gone and moved on. That they were going to try to, what I heard allegedly was that they were going to try to move him somewhere else by bus, but um, something else allegedly happened uh, that caused his uh, health to decline even further. Now, people, I've called people close to him. People that are close to him are giving me answers that make me think that there is other things happening. Some are quick to say, oh, no, no, everything's great. But uh, they know what I do for a living. So those people that I'm asking are not going to tell me. But the people that I'm asking that know what I do but also would tell me are leading me on to believe that something serious has happened to Jamie. Now, reports are popping up online saying that uh, he's doing better. But then there are other reports that are saying that the family is planning for him to die. I don't even want to say that because it's just so crazy to even say something like that about a Jamie Foxx. But the but the word that I'm hearing from multiple people now is that um, Jamie's family is preparing for the worst, which means that his condition is not getting any better. We haven't seen Jamie. We haven't heard from Jamie. And it's been almost a month in the hospital. What you think? Prayers. I would just say just to send prayers because of this type of situation, the last thing that people want to hear is, you know, how they're doing, the updates and stuff like that. So I would just say prayers. I feel like I just heard that they're having the Cannon Holes beat Shazam now instead of Jamie. So I'm scared. But I met Jamie Foxx one time at Dave and Buster's a couple years ago. That man is fine. He smells so good. He's so nice and kind. And like, you know, you just meet someone, you can feel their spirit. Like, I really hope that nothing bad happens to Jamie. And what I do He's love sad. about the conversation that happened on The Breakfast Club with Claudia and them is um, that, like, let's stop trying to track down exactly what's happening with him and just think about him and, and lift him up in spirit. I know that I personally said a prayer for Jamie, um, and I'm not his friend by any measure. Like, I'm not in like that, but as a human being, as a fan of his, as somebody that knows how important he is to the culture in our community mm -hmm. and how many people love Jamie. Because mm -hmm. privately, outside of entertainment, people really, really love Jamie. And Jamie always mm -hmm. shows up for his friends. He showed up for Lauren Reidinger when her husband uh, had an untimely passing. Um, he's very supportive of the people he cares about. And I know a lot of people personally who love Jamie. And so, you know, I had to give an update on what people are saying and what's out there because that's my job. But I also want to say it's my responsibility to say that we should really focus more on uh, the prayers and support of Jamie and those that we love because we don't give each other their flowers uh when they're alive and so jamie since you are still alive we're going to give you your flowers <laughs> didn't see that coming did you nah. either way jamie we pray for the best we hope that you're uh doing well and getting better all right that was a great show and now it's time for thoughts and prayers They say giants will someday fall. And we saw that this week with the former Cheeto in charge, Donald Trump. Now, Trump caught the whole world by storm when he told us that he likes to grab women by the pussy. Well, Trump is now eating his own words as he gets grabbed by the balls, by the judicial system, that is, and grabbed by the wallet by the woman he sexually assaulted, allegedly. The nerve of him. To think that the system convicting him is out on a witch hunt Sir, it's called justice, and this is the same system you tried to bribe when you were told Biden would be the president. You threw a tantrum and tried to play the victim, and here you are again. Now it's just time to face the music, Donnie. The fat lady is about to sing her ass all the way off the stage because your ass is going to jail. 
You're never going to be president again, or maybe you will. We don't know because this is America. We don't want you anywhere near politics. Maybe you should just go find another job. Hell, why don't you become one of them bus drivers that Ebony K. Williams was talking about? Man, she don't want to date him, but that's no shade to her or you. But to real life, it does shade bus drivers to think that you would become one of them. Now, we thank the bus drivers for their service, and we thank you, Ebony K. and Ayala, for sparking a great conversation that kept social media talking for weeks. I mean, that's always great content on Hollywood Unlocked. Both of you had great points. Both of you made those great points about working class and black men, white supremacy and relationships. Even though y'all dragged Ebony over her preference, I'd rather take relationship advice from her over Blueface and Krishan. No shade. Ebony's comments weren't nearly as toxic as the mess those two share on social media every single day. Hell, I might even take relationship advice from Sukiana. I mean, she is blunt and unfiltered, just like me. I'm side-eyeing her, though, for saying she only likes small penises. But I'm going to let it slide because I fuck with her and because she lives her life out loud. Similar to Dustin Michael, who we applaud for coming out and living in his own truth. And speaking of coming out, Chris, we're all still waiting on you to break your signs on what you did to Usher. Not that I didn't already tell y'all the truth. Chris made sure to share a statement about getting into a second and separate altercation, but has yet to comment on the story of Hollywood Unlocked Broke. We all know that one thing I am not is broke and I don't break false tea. Chris, what's the tea with you and Usher and Tayana? But until Mr. Brown is ready to speak up or ready to come out, until Mr. Brown is ready to speak up or come on the Jason Lee Show, we'll be keeping your tea and your seat warm at the Hollywood Unlocked Studios. That is it. That is it. That is it for the show, for this episode. Thank you. Make sure that you're subscribing to hear this podcast everywhere that podcast stream. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Hollywood Unlocked YouTube channel where it airs. And make sure you're following the Jason Lee Show on Instagram so you can get all the updates. And this week, baby, when I tell you that we have a guest who came ready and prepared to fully burn it down. She made Peach Cobbler right over here at Hollywood Unlocked Studios in the Jason Lee Show. It was Marlo Hampton. Yes, she is the next guest on the Jason Lee Show. Yes, yes, yes. And if you think that she didn't come in here ready to tell you what she really thinks, go ahead and play the video. When you think about the all-star cast of what the next season of Housewives of Atlanta could look like, who would that be from your point of view? You know what, Jason? I'm going to be honest with you. This season, on May 7th, you will not be disappointed. Really? Including Candy. I mean, thanks to me. Really? I bring out the best in her. <laughs> I bring out the fucking You bring best out the cavities. You okay, let's out, go. Oh my God. I bring out Actually, the best Actually, we don't need to talk about Candy. And candy. another girl even brought out the best in her. But this season, I promise you, the season, I can't even think about them recasting this group because it's so freaking good. It's really? new, it's fresh, it's different. You're going to love it. You're not going to be bored not one Sunday. Well, I'll be honest. You. I'm literally only watching for you. Well, watch it for me. I'm, only, be I'm like, only watching for you. So this season with you all on The Housewives of Atlanta, you, you're saying that all you the words I've used faces. about Candy being boring, lackluster, unworthy of being on the show, needing to be recast, needing to go find another job. I'm going to change my opinion this season. No, but you're going to say, Marla, you did make her work. She's not okay. going to be as boring, okay. especially when she's with me. Whenever, think about it. When she's not boring, she's going to be bringing up my name or it's going to be something with her family. Mm. She's boring by herself. Like, she needs her aunts and she needs me. Mm. Well, that's it. Make sure you tune in uh, to the Jason Lee Show every Tuesday on Revolt. And then on Wednesday on their YouTube channel. And make sure that you follow us again here at the Jason Lee Podcast everywhere that is streamed. And for those of you that want to gag daily, gag with our new merch because it's out. Take a look.
The Gag Nation line is finally here. So you know when somebody tells me that I can't do something, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it. So I didn't just build my own show, The Jason Lee Show. I built my own merch line too. Why? Because the Gag Nation, all of you, you're my family. And everything is fire. Trust me, we got sneakers, robes, hoodies, slides, mugs, and a smoker's bundle with trays and grinders for all y'all that do all of that. It's a limited time drop. It's only here one time, so once it's sold out, you're never going to get it again. So head over right now to the website, hollywoodunlock.com slash shop to secure your spot right now. And for those of you asking how to keep in touch or how to advertise on the Jason Lee Show or Jason Lee Podcast or anything Jason Lee or Hollywood Unlock related, make sure you're texting me right now, 310-388-6463, and I'll tell you how. All right, until then, y'all. We out. The Jason Lee Podcast.